When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, in the olden days when they made these films, they used to make money by selling tickets. But that's not how we make our money, is it, Duncan? No. How do we make our money, Rob? I have absolutely no idea, Duncan, but apparently it would really help if people liked, subscribed and left five-star reviews. Welcome to A Pod Too Far, the place for people who know that war films got worse once John Mills retired. I'm Rob Hutton, and this week I'm just trying to hold the podcast together in the hell that is a Japanese prisoner of war camp. That's right, we're watching King Rat. Helping me, but possibly plotting to put me in his cage, is a chippy northerner with ideas of overthrowing the ruling class. Hello, Duncan Weldon. Hello, Rob. <laughs> so, Duncan, this was your pick. Um, why? Uh, okay, so I think to start with... I looked back at what we'd done so far, realised we hadn't done anything in the Far East. It'll be in Europe, North Africa, at sea. But we should do a Far East film. If you're going to do a Far East film, the obvious first one to go for is Bridge Over the River Kwai. But that's that's sort of too obvious. So delving into the back catalogue, I remember King Rat existed. Now, this is a film, I think I'd seen it twice before I watched it again this week. I saw it once on television when I was much younger. I watched it again about 15 years ago, and it's... I think it's a fantastic film, and I also think it's quite an unusual war film, but still within our broad yeah, yeah, remit. Yeah, totally, totally. Had, you hadn't seen it, had I'd you? never come... I mean, I was, aware of, I was aware of its existence, and, I mean, the other thing that you said to me when, we, when you were pitching this one was, uh, it's a James Clavell film, mm, mm. and along with there always being war films on a Sunday afternoon, my memory of the 1980s is that any holiday cottage you went into had a James Clavell book. Yes, my grandfather's bookshelf had a lot of James Clavell on it. Yeah, he's very, very big author in the 70s and 80s, wasn't he? Yeah, although I would have, I mean, I associate him, I would I would just say James Clavell's house, which I have no <laughs> idea what that's about, but it, 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 it's all, I think of him as sort of writing films about Japanese. Yeah, uh, so, his, so his novels, they're almost entirely sort of historical novels set in Asia. So houses, like a, a very lightly fictionalised account of the Keswick family who ran ran Hong Kong for many, many years and still mm. in some ways do. So, you know, it's like Noble House and all of that. There was also, there was a series of novels about samurai. Um, they're all, I mean, look, I mean, I, I have I think they're remaking Shogun. Are I they? saw an IMDb. I'm quite excited about yeah, that. Yeah, so I mean, I, I'm curious they were. So well, I might be up the, for that. <laughs> I mean, the thing about the novels is he's sort of like an earlier version of Tom Clancy in some ways. You know, they're very easy to read, very, very big. Mm. And... You know, I read one five or six years ago, and they're sort of, they're thoroughly entertaining reads, if you accept they were written by a British man in the mid-20th century who had a slightly different attitude towards Asia to maybe a modern writer might have. Well, let's talk about what might have coloured James Clavell's mm, attitude towards mm. Asia, Asia and the Japanese in particular. He's born in 1921. He's the son of a Royal Navy officer. Um, war breaks out. He joins the artillery. He's trained for the desert, but then Pearl yeah. Harbour happens, and... Instead, he's sent to Singapore. Which doesn't go well for the British Army. Which doesn't go well, but he doesn't even get, I think, to Singapore because his ship is sunk on the way. Yeah. 
and there's a I mean, I'm just going to quote, read read from Wikipedia. Mm. They're, they're picked up by another ship. Their commander, described by Clavel years later as a total twit, insisted that they be dropped off at the nearest port to fight the war despite having no weapons. <laughs> <laughs> now, we've already got the stiffest upper lip as right. a screenwriter. I mean, there's no screenwriter's commanding officer. Um, he, I did actually try to do quite a lot of research. And I didn't, didn't, I never found out how he gets shot in the face, but he gets shot in the face. He yeah. gets captured um, and ends up in Changi, which is where King Rat. Yeah. Is yes, set. it is. It is. Um, and later, when Nicholson was um, imprisoned yes, after, right. after Bering, so be, <laughs> I think I think it was a slightly worse place in the 1940s than in the 1990s. And it is, I mean, it's hell. Yes. Um, so at the point at which this film comes out, as you say, Bridge on the River Kwai has has done Prisoner of War Camp yeah. Hell in in the Far East. Yeah. I think this makes it look look hellisher, actually. Mm. Um, Diet was a quarter of a pound of rice, which I, I just measured that out today. It's about 100 grams. It's about half a cup of rice a day. Yeah. I'm assuming that's dry rice, actually. If it was wet, it's less than that if it's wet rice. And one egg a week. Yeah. A lot of people died. Yes. And, and, and you really see the contrast in, you know, films like this and Bridge of the River Kwai compared to, you know, Great Escape and, you know, sort of the, sort of the RAF men in... Um, German prisoner of yeah. war, escape from coal. It's all of that sort of stuff. They're very, very different films. Well, when we did The Great Escape, I, was, I think I said to you, it just looks like being brilliant fun being in a prisoner of war camp, yes, doesn't it? Yes, yeah, it's like, it, like being it, in a certain type of school, yes. Uh, and this is this does not look like brilliant fun. Though, do you know who wrote The Great Escape? Go on. James Clavell. I did not know that. Yeah. Well, he's one of three screenwriters, so I don't know how much of his stuff makes it to the page. But, yes. Um, Call yeah, no. a prisoner of war camp, lads. <laughs> I'll tell you what a prisoner of war camp is like. Because, well, because after the war, he becomes... He, I mean, he's a really interesting story. After yeah. the war, he becomes... A, he goes to university, sort of becomes yeah. a, um, a screenwriter, mm-hmm. sort of slightly by accident, writes The Fly, the mm-hmm. original one. And... <sighs> I mean, his wife knows he's carrying this trauma. Yes. And he, for 15 years, he doesn't talk about what's happened yeah. to and it's him. Yeah, it's four years in the camp for him, yeah. isn't it? So, yeah. um, uh, but, but, I mean, there were clues. So all this time, he's always carrying a tin of sardines with him. Yeah. Um, and apparently sort of is uh, staving off the urge to go and rummage in bins for food. I just, I mean, I, I was trying to explain this to my kids the other day in, in the context of why why it annoys older people when they leave food on their plates. Yes, and I, yes. I said, well, you've got to remember, if you grew up in rationing, there's this very strong yeah. can't-leave-food-on-a-plates thing. I think yeah. that, that if you spent three, four years in a Japanese prisoner war camp... Quarter of a cup of rice a day, know, an egg a week, yeah. yeah. You multiply that by a thousand, that clearly stays with you. But, but And you can, you can see it in this film and in the screenplay. I think it's a great screenplay. Yeah. But, um, but you know, he's taken, a, he's taken an already hellish environment and he's made it more hellish with the characters. I don't think I have seen hunger mm-hmm. done better. Yeah. All of these scenes where people are watching someone eat or smoke yeah. and they're and it and it just goes tight on their faces and they're yeah. licking their lips and it's yeah. i mean it's 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 pornographic or something yeah. you know there's this this sort of the total lust and desire to have yeah. something you can't have it's a brilliantly done so he then there's this a right what they say they say they say you know write what you know and what he knew was four years in this hellish environment but he, but he can't talk about it for a long time yes. and then there is a writer's strike yeah. Uh, amazingly, and because there's a because there's a screenwriter strike, 
uh, he's not allowed to write screenplays, so he writes a novel, and his wife essentially, I think, sort of tells him to go and write what happened to him. And King Rat is his novel, which is a loose fictionalization yeah. of of his life in Changi. It's set in Changi. Um, sells quite well. Uh, gets made into a film. So it comes out in '65. Yeah, which is two years after The Great Escape. Yeah, same year as Von Ryan's Express. And we're, um, you know, it's always worth remembering we're 20 years after the war at this point. Yeah. We talk a lot, I think, and a lot of films are made about, as it were, the war in the West, which is more straightforward, it feels, in some ways. And, well, okay, my mum would not buy a Japanese car. Yes. My uh, my granddad, who was 14 farming in Burma, I can't imagine him in a Japanese car. No, because my great uncle, who she'd never met, she was born in 45, but her great great uncle died in a Japanese camp. And... An absolute article of faith in her side of the family is that he need not have died in a Japanese camp, if you see what I mean. And um, which was very traumatic for her mother, my grandmother, who, you know, was still talking about it quite late in life. And yeah, yeah, in this generation, in people who are watching this, there clearly is still a memory of just how awful this was and yeah. that goes beyond the people who were there. Yes. And, and lots of them were there for a very long time. So, you know, sort of for yeah. Singapore... Malaya, all of that, you know, these people spending three, four years in, and uh, much larger numbers, I believe, than in the West as well. Yes, probably. Yes, because I, I suppose whole armies are captured, yes. aren't they? Yeah. You know, and, and of course, the point at which land armies are fighting mm-hmm. in, in the West, I mean, a, apart from the Desert War, yeah. a, the point at yes, which land armies yeah. are fighting is much later. There's just less time. Yeah, exactly. And actually, broadly, allied troops are not getting captured. Yeah. Um, from forty four to forty five, because they're exactly, sort of yeah. they're sort of moving forwards. Yeah. yeah so whereas the the sort of the jolly pilots uh, having terrific fun, yeah. you know, tunneling out of Stalingrad yeah. three is. Whereas here you've got yeah. you know, and then there's um, no Switzerland to run away to either. Yeah. If you do get I out well, I mean, so, so there's the start of the film that just says yeah. you know you can't escape. Yeah. There's there's the jungle. Yeah. Which is a direct echo of. Um, uh, bridge on the River Kwai when yeah. they're greeted and the commandant says, you will see here there is no wire yeah. because yeah. Where, where are you going to go? Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, I mean, for those who haven't seen it, briefly, it's it's really just a sort of a series of episodes in ni- in early 1945 about the relationship between Marlowe, who is a British officer, British pilot, um, who's clearly a sort of a cipher for Clavel, and King, who yeah. uh, Corporal King, who's a... Well, how would how are we describing him? He's an American hustler, really, isn't exactly, he? Exactly, yeah. And yeah. this is the thing. This is a prison movie, not a war movie in many ways. And it's mm. about, you know, relationships of different people in prison. And King is, yeah, he's a, he's a hustler. He's a, a sort of proto-mobster in some ways, isn't he? And it, yeah. Yeah. I think in the novel, I think, which I haven't read, I think he might be softer-edged. I think yeah. that in the novel, there's a sense that it's something you get a, a bit of a picture of in the film, which is that, that he is actually, he is looking out for other people. Mm-hmm. But he is the one man who looks well fed. Yes, yes. You know, because he's worked out how to game the system. He's worked out the cracks, which are the guards to talk to. Yeah. He's almost living well. Almost. I mean, yeah. He's, you know, yeah. Yeah. And there's, 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 there's this great sort of opening sequence where you get the constant juxtaposition of, mm. of you know, massively emaciated British officers and this chap having a sort of a wet shave and, yeah. and his fingernails buffed and all of this yeah, kind of yeah. thing. and. Lighting a cigarette and then discarding it without having smoked it all the way yeah. down, you know, so that so that somebody else comes and runs and picks up the butt. Yeah. So this is a film about about survival, and it's a film about class. Yeah. And it's a film about 
Brits and Americans. Yeah. And was, was it British made or American made? Well, it's made in California. Yeah. It's an American film with a large British cast. Yes. Many of whom are on their way, are already stars or are on yes. their way yeah. to becoming stars. Including James Fox, yes. by the way. Yeah. This, I, is this his best role? This might be his best role. Father of Lawrence. Um, mm-hmm. father-in-law of Richard Ayoade. Um, <laughs> <laughs> imagine that Christmas at the Fox household is always interesting. <laughs> that, um... Let's go to the after-action report. So, quick, Dad, they're on the cable car. I, I don't feel this is a film where you want to be called in. It's not... No, it's, it's, because it's, it's not a war film with action sequences and so no. forth. It's a film about atmosphere, about tension, about... I mean, essentially about the compromises people make to stay alive. I, I, so I, I picked a, out sort of four scenes, two of which yeah. I put together, though they're separate. The first is the frying the egg scene. Yeah. You get Marlowe and uh, you get the Provo Marshal and you get King... Yeah. Together, you get all... I mean, it, it's a scene that could be a play. Mm. I mean, lots of this film would work as a play, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a very... Yeah, you, yeah. you could put this on stage with no yeah. difficulty yeah, at all. Like, yeah, you? Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, the special effects budget wasn't stretched for this <laughs> film. It's, I mean, partly you've got, you've got the hunger, but you've also, even though Marlowe is watching King, you know, and you can mm. see him salivating, and he can't believe he's being offered an egg, and he can't yeah. believe that there's nothing... At the same time, he is a. There is this weird thing that he is a gentleman. Yes, and somehow he can't bring himself to to. Well, as he says, kiss thee on the ass. Yes, to he can't bring himself to do what he sort of suspects ought to be done. Yeah, from someone who is lower class and not an officer and American and all of yeah. this together. It's you know, it's it's, it's the, the deadly trio. <laughs> Think about that. Is at one level that sort of that's the kind of class snobbery attitude yeah. that I think we're generally supposed to find contemptible. Yeah. But actually with Marlowe, you sort of think maybe this is what's keeping him alive yes. at some level, yeah. is, is his just ability to know that... He is clinging on to a part of himself. And that's, yes. that's yeah. what's holding well, him that's together. It. For, that's yes. it, yeah. exactly. He knows that really he sort of belongs strolling through the, the grounds of yeah. his father's very large house in Shropshire or something. Mm-hmm. That the, the, all of this that's happening to him, that's not real. This isn't real. Yeah. That's real. And, and I guess it's that ability to hold on yeah. to that. Yeah, and this, that, I mean, this is fundamentally the point of the film, though. It's a study in people and how they cope. It's not an action film. It's not a... Um, I mean, I love, I absolutely love the Provo Marshal. Um, <laughs> Go on. The other thing about war films, and actually, mm. I think I find, I find, particularly with prisoner of war films, because they sort of have these archetypes, like mm. The Great Escape, mm. you sort of sit, sit there and think, well, who would I be? <laughs> yes. You know, who am I in this film? Yeah. I mean, I'm clearly not the American. No, no, no. You know, I mean, I, I fear I, I'd be the man diving for the discarded cigarette. Box, <laughs> <isn't it? laughs> well, but but there is a part of you know there is a part of me that is the guy who's just saying, well, look, we all ought to stick to the rules. Yeah, yeah. You know, there is definitely a part of me yeah. that that feel you know that we have to maintain order. Yeah, and who resents people who he knows are breaking. There's a massive part of me who resents people. Who oh yeah, cool. yeah. You know, yeah, and. Yeah. and and there's obviously another part. It's like of when you see someone that... driving in a bus lane, isn't it? But yeah, like, yeah, yeah, but yeah, on a yeah. much worse scale. <laughs> just, just who the hell do you think yeah. you are? <laughs> and there is another part of me that's the Tony Marlowe Pocho. Yeah. Though we didn't have a nursery either. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel I should make clear at this point. <laughs> 
And it's interesting, actually, that King can't quite navigate that. And one of the reasons why he likes Marlowe at some level is because because Marlowe isn't sucking up to him. Yes. And there are, I, I, spoiler, there are no women in this film. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I don't think it's supposed to be a romance between... No. Marlowe and King, but there is a little bit of I want the one I can't have. Yes. The one person here who is not... Isn't playing the game that I... Yeah. Everyone else is, yeah. It obviously sort of fascinates him. Yeah. Um, I've got the eating the dog scene. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My children walked in during that scene. Oh, no. <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, utterly <laughs> horrified. <laughs> so, you know, if you're going to pick a scene to call someone in yeah, for, don't, don't, not but... that one, especially if they're quite young. <laughs> But it's well done. It is. It is. Because it's the flip side of that hunger. And it's the whole, the argument, should we eat the dog? It's not yeah. just like eating any dog. This is a dog yeah. that we knew. Yeah. You know, I mean, maybe Alive does debating whether you eat your cousin better. <laughs> but I, I sort of, um, oh, it's good. And and also, it's all the, all the scenes that Leonard Rossiter is in. Yes. Leonard Rossiter. It's just phenomenal in this, actually. Yeah. And, and I think of Leonard Rossiter as, you know, uh, Rigby as uh, yeah, uh, not as... It, it isn't, he can't quite be Rigsby from here, but he yeah. could be Reginald Perrin. You yes, can see yes, Reg, yeah. Reg, this might have been what Reggie Perrin was doing <laughs> 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll come back to Leonard Rossiter, I suspect. But um, And the third one is sort of two scenes. It's, it's good John Mills at the radio search, yeah. and it's bad John Mills with the food theft. Yeah. John like, Mills playing the John Mills character, it must be said. Well, uh, John Mills playing the posh John Mills character. Yes, he's yes, got two. Yeah, he's got two. He's got um, two. We've done them both we have... four times each. <laughs> there, <isn't it? laughs> I think we'll get them, get them both again. Um, but this is a layered John yeah. Mills character yeah. because when you first see him, I thought, oh, moral heart. Yeah. You know, here is John yeah. Mills who's clung on and he's looking looking hungry, but yeah. he's here to, to sort of to stand up for what's right yeah. and what's wrong. And then he's not. He's not. No, you know. but and this and this, oh, but this is one of the great bits about the film. I think it's just you know it, it's what presumably by this point years in this camp has done to people. Well, so earlier there, there about a third of the way in, there is a scene in which one of the men is accused of stealing food and he denies it, yeah. and he is then killed yeah. effectively, killed definitely by. There's no doubt about that. Do we actually think that it's the officers who have been stealing the food at this point and they are... Are we supposed to think that... I, I think we probably are. I think we yeah. probably are. Right. I think, this is yet, I think this is yet more ways of the Orphic level talking about, you know, what must have been some fairly horrific memories. Yeah. You know, in 20 years to deal with them. I mean, so. Yeah, I think I think from the novel, from what I read about the novel, I think that it is. And actually that's why when they're yeah. then eating rat at the end... Yeah. It's supposed to, and I don't think this quite works in the film. Yeah. I mean, you enjoy you, yeah, you, you basically you enjoy every time it, you yeah, see them smiling yeah, because they yeah. don't smile very much. But yeah. but but in the in the book, it's much more. This is justice. Yeah, it, these officers who have been the senior officers who have been stealing the food and yeah. have let someone else, you know, yeah, take the rap yeah, for it. Yeah, uh, are are eating rat. Yeah, you know, then yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, you know, I think I'd go rat over the dog. Yeah, I mean, I, to be honest, I'm, 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 it's, it's sitting there, what, half a cup of rice and one egg a week. I, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I would have no problem eating yeah, that. That's, yeah. um, that's sort of, is it protein? I mean, you know, they're eating <laughs> worse things, yeah, I yeah. think, when they're grinding up the yeah. insects or whatever. I, I, I'd eat rat. 
I think I'd eat, I'd eat rat is my takeaway yes. from, this, <laughs> from this discussion so far. <laughs> Not even in a camp, just, yeah, just, just, just bring me rat. <laughs> there are no women. Um, the body count is three, four if you count the dog. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, but again, but the, that, that comes back to this point, doesn't it? This isn't a typical war film. I mean, that, that mm. must be one of the lowest body counts we've, um, we, we've encountered yeah. so far. On that line, the, the best death, um, I think it really sort of has to go to Colonel Davin, who's the, you know, who's who's the one who's killed over the radio. Yes, and we don't exactly discover what it is that happens to him between him being led away and him being in a bed that evening about to die. But yeah. it's nothing, nothing good. No. <laughs> um, and you, there's a, li- you just get a little slice of him earlier on where he's saying, praying, please God, let me be brave. Yes, please God, let me be brave, and. And then he is brave, yeah. You know, and so he's he's sort of he hath his goodness now. Yes, yeah. um, and, and and he is also, and I think there is there is a bit of sort of the author in there that he's um, you know, he, he's received his way out of this situation. Yeah, yeah. Um, Although I do like to think because he, you know, you know who he who the same actor goes on to play. Go on. He's the vicar in um, the Eagle Has Landed. Is he? And I quite like the idea that Colonel Davin doesn't actually die and just goes and t- <laughs> takes holy orders in Norfolk. Yes, and, yes. And, and he's standing up to Michael Caine. Yeah. That, yeah. Um, <laughs> on the subject of which, did you recognise the doctor? I didn't. Go on. The doctor. See, I, see, I deliberately avoid looking at IMDb after I've watched one of these. Because right. So I can just No, no, no. no. As, as a test of have I spotted this? And I think about a third of the time I've spotted this, and often I haven't because it's a minor character in 1980s television. Well, no, well, it's, but, well it, it's a, it's, it is a minor character in 1980s television. But So the actor is James Donald, who may have looked familiar as a doctor in a Japanese prisoner war camp because he's the doctor in Bridge on the River Kwai. Oh! Okay. And okay. may also have looked familiar because he's the senior British officer in The Great Escape. Oh. So I've sort of got this idea that there's a kind of James Donald extended universe <laughs> where he's moving, where he's he's done, he's, camp, he's been in Kwai, he's been on the route of Kwai, and now he's here. Yeah. And maybe he got sent here yeah, after yeah. after after The Great Escape. It's yeah. not it's not exactly clear. <laughs> sort of. Try and escape. We'll send you to a much worse. <laughs> Talking to our friends, the Japanese. That's. Um, I mean, there are no gratuitous American characters in this. No, you need and you need King to be an American character. You yes, need King you to be an American because you sort of need someone to look in on the British relationships. Yes, and, and I, I mean, out of interest, we get any idea how this film went down in the states? To me, it's a very British film. It it sort of does all right, it, yeah. and it, it gets nominated for a cinematography awards. Yes. I mean, Clavel felt that it had flopped, and he thought that they'd flop because they'd sort of cut too much of the stuff yeah. from the book. And various critics feel that it's sort of episodic rather than a straight narrative. I mean, and... there's some fairness in that. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, totally, totally. I, I have to say, I watched it twice in the space of a week because yeah. I enjoy not just because we were doing. I mean, having. It was close. Do we doing this? Yeah. But having watched it, I was just like, well, I'm going to watch that again. That's really yeah. It's good. also, I mean, you know, when you think about it, it's one of it's one of. I think it's probably the only film we've done where I can imagine it working as like a ten part television show. Yes. Well, yeah, I, you, I, I, you, you let give it the ten hours to breathe, and yeah. 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 No, that's true. Actually, because you and you could do much more. Yes. With it, You're right. So this, yeah, Netflix. Yeah. Um, there, there you go. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. Can't be that expensive. I mean, <laughs> it was. I mean, so other sort of other British actors who are on, on the cusp of greatness. Tom Courtney as the Provo Marshal yeah. is 
just amazing. Yeah. Just yeah. and uh, you know doesn't go on to be a movie legend because he prefers acting on the stage. Yeah. But you can completely see why. Yeah. At this point, you know there are lots of people are saying the 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 world is his oyster. Yeah. And Leonard Roster just He's, yeah, absolute. Absolute star, and it surprised me. It surprised me because I, I think of him as a sitcom actor, or as a you know, yeah. as a, a, or a slightly you know a slightly dark tone sitcom in some ways at times. But um, but yeah, it's just a great performance. Not massively far in a sense from those characters. Yes, but maybe those characters in a different yeah in a different different situation. Yeah. But I don't really think it's a meme film. I think you put a meme up from the. I mean, I you you could have people salivating. You could. You, you could, could have a salivating supercut. but There are some great quotes in it, but again, I don't think they're memeable. No. I, I like I'm not in your two-bit army, I'm in our two-bit army. Yes, I do <laughs> like, I, mean, I like the, you know, don't be a slob, can't be a policeman if you're a... Um, yeah, don't be, yeah, don't be a snob if you're a policeman, says, says yeah. the snobbiest character in the yes. film at one level, but who's, who's also, he's, he's sort of, he's, he's so posh that he's yeah. kind of gone to the other side where he can, <laughs> he can not be posh again, you know, or I not love be a snob. The, but... I love the um, sort of Anglo-American language about the egg. And, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Well, when we, I've got that here. When, yeah. we say, when we say not bad, we don't mean not bad. We mean it's bloody marvellous. Yes. Yeah, well, what do you mean when you say it's bloody marvellous? Bit dicey. Yes. <laughs> sort of imagine is what he said just before he was shot down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, stiffest upper lip. Well, I mean, obviously you've got James Clavell's senior officer. I've got, and I couldn't find his name, but the officer whose dog dies. Yeah. Not, I mean, he's, he's not, not stiff upper lip at the time, but afterwards when he's yeah. saying, oh, it's probably for the best. Yes. You know? <laughs> and... James Hawks can't look at him because he's eaten it. <laughs> sort of funny. Yeah. Funnier in retrospect, I think, than it was in the moment. Right at the time, <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, no Nazis in it. Though some, though, there's one nasty Japanese officer, yeah. essentially, Yoshima, who is spends his life, so far as I can tell, playing chaps like this in yeah. films like this. Yeah. Um, any problematic moments? I don't know. I mean, dog eating is obviously not something you'd want your children to walk in on, but it's not. No, but it's not. It's not like it's not like yeah. they didn't know what it what it meant at the time. And again, no completely implausible moments. I mean, yeah. it's the Broadsword Radio Award for completely implausible moments. I do want to know where they were getting their radio parts from. Yes, but I sort of assumed that he wrote that because that was yeah. that happened, yeah. and I haven't. Actually, funnily enough, I'm reading um, Helen Fry's book about MI9 at the moment. But I, if she, I don't know where how much she talks about the Far East. Yeah. But whether they were being sent parcels that sort of contained yeah. some of this stuff, yeah. And that's how they, they you feel, or maybe they were trading it with the guards. Judgment at Nuremberg. How many war crimes are committed in this film, Duncan? Well, I mean, the entire treatment of the premise of the film is he was a war crime. Let's okay. see how it affects people. So, I mean, yeah, the Geneva Convention rule is you have to give the same rations to your prisoners as you give to your own army. Right. Yes. Um, and, you know, I, I doubt the Japanese soldier was surviving on yeah, um, one egg a week and half a cup yeah. of rice. It's really not very much. I mean, you want to, I actually, I, seriously, Weigh out 110 grams of rice and yeah. think, you know, and then you can understand, you, again, you understand why people stealing it, you know, yeah. stealing 10 grams of rice is such a big deal or whatever, yeah. um, both to do it and not to do it. I mean, yeah, how much did they make up? We don't think, in a sense, that they made 
very much up of it no. at all. We, uh, this, this feels broadly like this is a, this is, if if these specific things didn't happen, yeah, this was what it's like. I, it's sort of a flavour of it, isn't it? Yeah, and um, actually, I think it's better than Bridge on the River Kwai for that. Yeah, almost because Bridge on the River Kwai has got more of a story and so on. We will, we will definitely do Bridge on the River Kwai. But yeah, but I think, I think but, Bridge on the River Kwai, there is a, it, it is a film with a plot which is set in a prisoner of war camp. Yeah. Whereas this, the plot is the prisoner of war camp in some ways, and yeah. how people cope with it. Is this the operation that changed the course of World War Two? No, no, just a very, very miserable one for a. Yeah. <laughs> It's just a sort of a sad and horrible and miserable thing that happened. Yeah. yeah. Worth dying for. I think it's a fantastic film. I, I, I would go as far as to say it is possibly the best film that we've discussed so far as a film to watch. And I was surprised. My, it's, it's, it, you know, it's, not, it's not a fun film in some ways, but it's just a great piece of cinema, a great piece of writing, some great performances. Yes, I, I don't know that <laughs> I would. Dis- I don't know that I would disagree with that. As I say, yeah. I watched it twice. I would watch it again. I mean, it, yeah. it's sort of. My son did watch some of it with me yeah. and actually probably was more interested by it because it is about character yeah. rather than sort of trying to yeah. watching people try to take a bridge or something. It is it is just about people and people in a horrible situation. Yeah. And yeah, I mean should be in the iPlayer rotation. I yeah, think, I think we should one. clearly um read the novel now as well. Yes. A, yeah. Um... Yeah. It's actually the only I I've never felt the urge to read one of the sort of the Japanese yeah. doorstops, but I yeah. would quite like to yeah. read this one. But Right. Yeah, well, the campaign to um get King Rat shown every Christmas begins here. <laughs> I've got to say one thing. It is not a Christmas film. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you know, we can debate Die Hard, we can debate whatever this is absolutely not your boxing day watch. Well, you're actually, sitting so... there after a big dinner. Like, what do you watch now? And I'm filled with starving people eating a dog. I don't know what Christmas is like in your house, Rob. <laughs> a dog is not just for Christmas in our house. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Next week, we're off in search of gold with Kelly's Heroes.